Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Because we try to praise God on Sunday. And then cuss out some co-workers on Monday. We may not even wait till Monday. We might be walking out the door letting somebody have it. We might have been letting somebody have it on the way to church today. He's talking about blessings and cursings coming out of the same mouth. John says, how can you say you love God whom you've never seen, but don't love your neighbor who you see every day? You are the only Bible some people will ever read. You are the only sermon some people will ever hear. And is that sermon that they hearing you cussing them out? You talking about them? You gossiping? You backbiting? You fussing at them. Is that, the, is that the kind of sermon that you are giving to these people? Is that the representation of Jesus that you are giving day to day? time that is ours to share together, I want to talk a little bit about taming the tongue or tweets. Taming the tongue or tweets. You uh, ever said something you've regretted? Amen. Uh, I'm pretty sure we all have. Yes. Uh, You know what I really like about saying something you regret? You can just take it back and pretend like nothing ever happened. Oh, oh, you you can't, you you can't, you can't do that. You can't just hit rewind and 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 and, and, no, of course. And and, and then you know that's why someone, uh, well, something like Twitter has become as popular as it has been. You know, they call it microblogging, and you're allowed to, to, to fire off whatever it is you want to say and, and, and whatever's going on in your mind at the time. Uh, and if you say something wrong, you can just delete it. But uh, the screenshot ministry is still in effect. And a lot of times when you say something silly on social media, it will be saved. That is why... Uh, Snapchat is supposedly as popular as it is because everything that you post is supposed to delete itself within 24 hours. But it still gets saved. Somebody will take a picture of what you posted on Snapchat. Somebody will uh, uh, save what you've done. And so no matter what you say out there, it it, it still gets saved. Twitter is a social media platform that allows people to basically dump their thoughts on, a, on the rest of the world, right. uh, usually in 280 characters or less. Right. It used to be 140, but last year they decided uh, to expand the platform because people wanted to have more opportunity to speak their minds and sometimes put their digital feet inside their mouths. My Lord. Uh, even those who don't have a Twitter account uh, know about it these days because our current president has become very popular based on what he says and does on Twitter. Some might say that he is addicted to Twitter. Uh, Previous presidents 
would use, you know, press conferences, uh, take over local programming, give a speech or something. Uh, but right now, we know at 3 in the morning, somebody who's not getting sleep will pull out their phone and tweet away. Uh, the instant nature of Twitter allows people to run at the mouth. Keyboard, keyboard, keyboard. Uh, immediately responding to something they've read, seen, or experienced. And sometimes that means that somebody's fingers get to tapping faster than their brain. And the result sometimes is often a major faux pas that is very public. Although some people try to delete it when they make these uh, missteps and change it. Uh, one example is when the U.S. Department of Education posted a tweet and words were misspelled in the tweet. The Department of Education. Uh, the tweet was deleted and, and then reposted as follows. Post updated uh, our deepest apologies for the earlier typo. Uh, but that tweeting will get you in trouble. There was a GoFundMe that was recently put out uh, where somebody raised money and they were going to put on a billboard all of the tweets that our current president said against our senator, Ted Cruz, uh, when they were both running for the presidential uh, GOP nomination, calling him lying Ted and saying, what has he done for the people of Texas? Why on earth would you think he did anything else? Somebody put together a GoFundMe so that the next time uh, our president comes to the great state of Texas, uh, they would see all of these tweets on a billboard, mm-hmm. what he said about Ted now that he's supposedly endorsing him for his yeah. next re-election. Uh, uh, I, by the way, just in case you was thinking about donating, they, they made the money almost immediately and had to, had to shut it down. There were a bunch of people willing to support <laughs> this effort. Amen. Uh, because of the Presidential Records Act, passed in 1978 because of the actions of then uh, well our former president Nixon uh, even if the president's to delete his tweets they are still archived because it is public record uh, and these things will be archived and they've also ruled now you know when people are running off at the mouth on social media you can block them so they can't find you, or you, and you can't see what they have to say about you. But uh, because of a current, current uh, a federal ruling that, that, that came out around February, uh, they've now ruled that the president can no longer block people on Twitter. All right. Amen. Because uh, you can't cut people off from public information. And when you are a, a public figure such as the president, you got to keep your avenues open and not Amen. block the American people. But the point is, is that this mentality, uh, even in the news, we'd rather be first and wrong than fifth and right. Uh, we want to get our words in. We want to we want to get what's going on. We want to say what's on our mind. We want to give people a piece of our mind, even if we do not have enough of a mind to be giving people a piece of. We got to say what's on our mind all the time. But the point is, and what James was saying in this text, is whether you are a public official or a private citizen, whether you're a leader or a follower, whether you're a preacher or a pew sitter, we all need to watch our mouths. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. 
You can't just talk to anybody any kind of way. Amen. There are repercussions to talking to people any kind of way. You may rub some people the wrong way. You may also find somebody, as the young folks say, are about that life. And you just say whatever it is on your mind, and now we got a squab because of this. We got to watch our mouths. What are you talking about day to day? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking about? Uh, I've heard the adage said before that they say that that uh, uh, big people talk about ideas and 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 medium size in terms of size of character. Uh, the average person will talk about events, but small people will talk about people. What are we talking about? Uh, we ought to be slow to speak, as the Bible says. Uh, We have two ears and one mouth. I would like to think there is a reason for that. Uh, Language is important. We make a lot of decisions based on how something is presented to us. Uh, When you make these first impressions on people or or someone is making an impression upon you, you may look at how they dress, you may look at how they carry themselves, but you also look at how they communicate. I was at a, a, a seminar uh, many years ago, and one of the people that was teaching a section in the seminar uh, decided to, to start some mess in the seminar and see how people got on what side. And he talked about how many of you are for bilingual, educa- bilingual education, and we need to have bilingual signs and bilingual uh, street signs and bilingual door signs and bilingual papers printed out for everything. And there was a whole bunch of people sitting that were against the thought of having bilingual education. And then he said that it's all about your reframing. Now, had I asked you how many of you were for understandable instructions, more of you would have said okay. But it's based on how you frame the language. What you say is important and how you say it to people is also important. That's why they get you with these half-truths in advertising. If I say it a certain way, I'll make you make the decision that I want you to make. And if I say it a certain way, I can say it to to make you upset. If I say it a certain way, I can make some reconciliation about it. We can get an understanding, but you got to pay attention to how you talk to people. James is telling us in the text that, uh, brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that you shall receive a stricter judgment. Uh, When you decide that you are going to be a teacher of the text, when you decide that you're going to be out in front of these people, you're going to get judged a little harsher. Present example, uh, we write papers in order to get ordained, and I spend most of my time when I write these papers, people sitting in front of me, they'll take a 30-page paper and pull out one sentence in that 30-page paper and say, I don't understand that. Tell me what you mean by that. You may say a phrase, and even though that phrase is in our hymnal, they'll take that one phrase out and say, oh, you don't believe in Methodist doctrine because you said that phrase, and then I'm like, it's, it's in the hymnal. 
that that's in our service of word in table yes. two, three, yes. and four. All right. Uh, but people will take what you say and judge it harsher. And so he says that you don't really want to come up and be a preacher just because it's fun. Just because you think you be out in front of the people and everybody gets to look at you. No, we will receive a stricter judgment. When you step into this pulpit, you will be judged on what you say to the people. Not just, in, to, not just the, with the people, but when I have to go before the throne. So brethren, not, not many of you become a teacher, for we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we stumble, we all stumble in many things. We all make mistakes. The Bible says elsewhere that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all miss the mark. But he says that anyone that can control their tongue is perfect. That word perfect is is, is not necessarily a, 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 a one-for-one English to Greek translation. A, a better uh, translation of the word would have been mature. Uh, a mature person able to keep their mouths in check. Perfection, meaning maturity, is attainable. Uh, we know when we deal with little children, they tell you exactly what is on their mind. Yes, they do. If they don't like it, you will know it. If they don't like how it tastes, if they don't like how it looks, if they don't like how it smells, you will know it immediately and repeatedly. But as you get a little older, you get a little more seasoning and you're a little more maturing, you don't say everything, well, some of us, don't say everything that is on our minds. And so anybody that can control the tongue, James says, is a mature person able to keep their body in check. And it talks about how you use the tongue to control. It can be as a bridle to a horse or a rudder to a ship. I'm amazed at how many small things drive big things. Yes. The bridle in a tongue, uh, uh, the bridle in a horse's mouth is able to use it. And you take that little small thing and turn it kind of like a spur as well. You put a spur on a horse. I'm talking like I've ridden a horse, but I ain't never ridden a horse before. But some of us in the audience have. But you put a spur on your foot and you put it in the right side of the, the horse and the horse learns to turn left. And you put it in the left side of the horse and the horse turns, learns to turn right because it's trained to walk away from the pain. Wow. You pull with the bridle, which way you want the horse to go is training it. Small things can cause a lot of damage. A, a, a rudder to a ship, the rudder in the, compared to the size of the boat is small, but it turns the boat everywhere it needs to go. Just like our tongues, they're a small part of our body, but they can cause a whole lot of damage. Amen. Grow up hearing the words, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. I don't necessarily think that's true. Because I can think about the times I've gotten the most angry, the times that I've uh, done some things I might have later regretted. It usually started from something somebody said. 
The physical pain can go away. But what you tell people will stay with them for a long time. Amen. I was at the, the, the conference uh, yesterday and we were talking about how you talk to people. How are you going to talk to people if you are trying to be a Christian and you're trying to make other people be a Christian and you talk to people the wrong way? Mm-hmm. You got to be sweet. You got to be slow to speak. Because you spend this time, the, the example that was given was somebody was in the back of the, the, the sanctuary at this particular pastor's church, uh, and they were on a video game system on their phone. They was playing a, a racing game on their phone, and, and he just tapped them on the shoulder and, and said, hey, how you doing? He didn't snatch the phone away from him and throw it away. He knew, the boy knew that he was wrong, yeah. but because he was sweet in his speech, That person put the phone away and moved up closer during the Bible study instead of continuing to play the games on their phone. But had he taken the time to verbally embarrass that gentleman who was new to the church, that gentleman would have been embarrassed and never came away or never came back. Mm -hmm. Amen. We operate like because we have the best product known to man, which is Jesus, that people just have to be here. Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of places people would rather be than be on a church on Sunday. I used to pastor a church in Galveston, and I'd be driving down 45 on the yeah. way to church service, and it was all kind of traffic. But they were all going to the beach. Yeah. They weren't going to the... So how you treat people, how you talk to people, says a lot. Mm-hmm. And so the, the tongue is important. And, the, and it's important because it keeps your whole body in check. And some of those illustrations is how something small is used to control something big. And it can be set on fire by itself, utterly corrupting and destroying its owner. I'm in verse 6 where he says, And the tongue is a fire, a word of iniquity. And the tongue is set among our members as it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it's set on fire hell. Set on fire by hell. It can consume. It's like a spark. You know, I've always been uh, amazed when I look at some of these forest fires that go on in some of these other places. And it's never anything big that started the fire. Acres and acres of land burned down because some little uh, two-person camping party with a small enough fire to keep them warm and warm up a can of beans or something like that wasn't put out properly. Mm-hmm. And that small little fire yeah. can burn down a whole forest. Amen. Somebody smoking a cigarette and not putting it all the way out before they throw it away. That small little cigarette burns down a whole forest. Well it's always something small mm-hmm. that can lead to, if it's not checked, a big amount of damage and he said that that the hell in the Greek they actually say is Gehenna which is a play on the words of, 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 of uh, Hinnom which is a valley on the south side of Jerusalem because back in those days they burned their trash they had a little side, south side of town everywhere they took and they kept this fire burning and so when Jesus or, or anybody during these times was talking about hell they gave that as an example They didn't put that fire out. It had to keep burning the trash because people kept using trash. 
but not taming your tongue can literally get you burned. Yeah. And it says that the, 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 the tongue, is, it causes iniquity, and it's also incorrigible for every kind of beast and bird or reptile and creature by the sea is tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. People have been able to tame brute creatures. You can get a dog or a cat to do whatever you want. You can get all kind of animals changed and tamed around, and you can get them to do whatever you want. But James says, we can do all of these things. And it changed just as it was back then. It is now. We can put a space station out in space. Mm-hmm. We, can be, we, can, we have internet. We have all kind of technology, but we still don't know how to talk to each other sometimes. Amen. And people have been able to tame these brute creatures, but they have not been able to train their tongue. And James is talking to church folk when he says this. Mm. He's talking to church folk. I may not have made that clear, but James is, I like James because a lot of times you really don't have to go too deep to talk about, to figure out what James is saying because it's real clear. And it's something that you can read over and over again because it's only a handful of chapters, but he's clear in what he says. You need to be able to tame your tongue. And so the tongue is important, and he provides illustrations for the tongue and the iniquity of the tongue and the incorrigibility of the tongue, which says that a person is not able to be corrected or improved or uh, uh, reformed. But then there is some inconsistency in the tongue. Let the church say inconsistency. Inconsistency. Uh, There's a contradiction in this, 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 this tongue because we try to praise God on Sunday. And then cuss out some co-workers on Monday. We may not even wait till Monday. We might be walking out the door letting somebody have it. We might have been letting somebody have it on the way to church today. He's talking about blessings and cursings coming out of the same mouth. John says, how can you say you love God whom you've never seen but don't love your neighbor who you see every day? Amen. Amen. You are the only Bible some people will ever read. You are the only sermon some people will ever hear. And is that sermon that they're hearing, you cussing them out. You talking about them. You gossiping. You backbiting. You fussing at them. Is that the the kind of sermon that you are giving to these people? Is that the representation of Jesus that you are giving day to day? And so he says he doesn't understand how you can curse these people and bless God with the same mouth. And so there's inconsistency, and his conclusion is that it cannot be two things at the same time. You can't have fresh water and salt water coming out of the same spring. You can't have a fig tree bearing olives. You can't have a grapevine with figs coming off of it. You'll know the tree by the fruit that it presents. And this is not about beating a bunch of people up. This is more about self Control, And that your responsibilities when you are talking, when you are carrying yourself, when you are talking to other people, your friends, your family, your co-workers, when you are talking to these other people, are you representing God with what you say? You are everybody, you are somebody's definition of a Christian. And 
And so we have to accept, we have to have some self control and understand that our responsibilities, our day-to-day interactions, how we talk to people, how we carry ourselves, how we treat people are always looked at in the presence and the power of God. Uh, Jacob's, uh, there was a, a book written by Jacob uh, by the name of Jacob. Uh, it says, How to Think and Survival Guide for the World at Odds. And, and, and he gives some advice and some of the things that we ought to be doing, and he calls it a thinking person's checklist. And of the good things to remember that how we engage our tongues when we talk to people, and he offers a lot of ideas in how to operate. And one of the first things he says is to be slow. In this world of instant messaging and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat, sound bites are what fly fast, and it's real tempting to react quickly when provoked or, or, or confronted by an idea that you don't like. Uh, some people call it a reptilian brain. When, when you are faced with immediate pressure, you, you, they, they call it a reptilian brain because the first thing, you either want to fight or you want to flee. Uh, and, and they say that, and in the case of, of when we're having those heated discussions or, or we're on social media uh, to bang out a quick response, Uh, You said something, I can't let you have the last word. I got to tell you exactly what is on my mind and exactly what I think about what you said and exactly how I feel about it, even if I didn't let you finish your whole thought. That that one bit you got out was enough that I need to stomp you down for for disagreeing with me. Uh, And so we have these things, and it says that maybe you take five minutes and think about what was said. Take a walk. Go start some dinner. Do some deep breathing, whatever it takes to get your body involved. Why? Because it says when our bodies are moving, we have time to process. Amen. Uh, forego the need to have an instant response to an email or, or, or a nasty tweet or somebody saying something about you. Consider not responding at all. Yes. Uh, they say that good and wise thinkers both focus on thinking and then responding. And then then James says it later on, I read 1 through 12, but James says it himself in 1 and 19 that says, uh, uh, he says that we need to be, uh, 119, I'm going to just go to it, says, so then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Verse 20 says, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So every time something happens that makes us rise up, maybe we should spend some time thinking before we respond. And then it says, secondly, we need to be teachable. Uh, They suggest that one of the reasons we are so quick to respond in this culture is that others are watching. And we want to impress them. Uh, We want to impress our like-minded group, our like-minded friends. Are, uh, some people call it a, a, an inner ring that we get good vibes from. And, and when we trash those who don't think like us or don't look like us or don't dress like us. And so we can't let this person embarrass us in front of our friends now. Mm-hmm. We ought to be teachable. Mm. The truth is, however, we can learn from others. Yes. Even those whom we disagree with. Amen. Uh, the key is finding good conversation partners. There you go. Uh, now, there are some people out there that are just what we call trolls. Mm-hmm. 
they are out there for the sole purpose of triggering you, getting you angry, and making a response. Uh, particularly on social media. All they want to do is stir the pot, sit back, and eat popcorn, and watch what's going on as everybody else fights around them. But if you can find somebody that you can disagree with without being disagreeable and have a conversation with them. Uh, uh, one phrase says, uh, they say, don't wrestle with pigs. Uh, you'll only end up getting dirty while the pig enjoys it. Uh, Mark Twain said not to argue with fools. Yes. Because they will drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. <laughs> we don't have to engage everything. Uh, avoid those who fire off ideas like missiles and seek out some of the fair-minded people with whom you disagree. Uh, assume the best of people. Yes. You may believe that they are wrong, but that doesn't mean that they're evil. Amen. Just because uh, you like chocolate and they like vanilla don't mean they're an evil person. All right. Uh, because some, there may come a time where just because you got to correct them for their faux pas, what they've said wrong, there may come a time where you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And you're going to need some correction yourself. Mm. Is the microphone working? Amen. Ah, and so you think these things, and, and what ends up happening a lot of times is we build caricatures of somebody. We've gotten our head why they said what they said, what they think, how they think about it. And we built this whole thing around what they said that we don't like. And we got to tear all of that down. But sometimes we ought to value listening over debating. Listen and learn in order to understand and, and also be honest. Uh, so you got to be slow. You got to be teachable. You also got to be honest. Uh, when you speak, uh, State what you think with conviction. Uh, as James says in the, in the text, wisdom from above is first pure, uh, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, and good fruits without uh, trace of partiality or hypocrisy. When we change out to, to, to be slow to speak and, 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 and uh, quick to listen, that's not saying you give up on what it is. You just go a better way about explaining it, a better way about explaining it. And be willing to yield and full of mercy and good fruits. The fruit should be the main point. What is the end goal? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was reading one uh, psychology book and they said one thing to do is you think about uh, whether or not you want to get all hot and bothered about something is, is will this matter in 500 years? Uh. Uh -oh. It's what it is you arguing about going to matter in 500 years after you're long gone. All right. And if it won't matter in 500 years, maybe we ought not get so invested about it. And so we'll know what it is by the fruit. If we're trying to speak blessings and cursings out of the same mouth, somebody's not going to accept one of those things we're doing. And more than likely, if blessings and cursings are coming out of the same mouth, people tend to skew negatively. So if I hear you blessing one minute and then blessing one person and cursing the next, I'm probably not going to pay attention to your blessing anymore and view you as a person that curses others. 
I'm going to view that negative in it. And so we have to be slow to speak and quick to listen. We ought to be teachable, and, and, and we also got to be honest with ourselves, but we also have to be willing to be filled. Uh, we have to be willing to be filled with things. Uh, the Bible says that, that out of uh, the overflow of the heart is what comes out of our mouths. And so what are we putting into ourselves? Yes. What are we putting into ourselves to allow those things to come out? Yes. What's overflowing? What ought to be overflowing is the word. What ought to be overflowing is something that knows that greater is he who is within me than he that is within the world. And when we continue to fill ourselves with those things that God has said for us and God wants to do for us, even when somebody else is not necessarily exercising the right speech, we'll, the speech will understand it. Uh, we should be getting filled with understanding that my God shall supply all my needs yes. according to his riches yes. and glory in Christ Jesus. We ought to be putting these things in us for our good. Yes, sir. The Bible says the study to show ourselves approved a workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing mm. the word of truth. So we ought to be studying this word and putting it in us so that those things that come out of us are things that are acceptable to Jesus Christ. Yes. We got to be paying attention to those words that are said because we'll be checked by what we say. We got to be checked by what we say and we got to be checked by what's being put inside of us. That is the way we will represent as Christians. That is the way that we will represent Christ. Because Christ had the right words to come out when he had those things. He, Christ had the words when he opened up the scroll of Isaiah in the temple and said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me and has empowered me to preach the good news and told him to, to set the captives free and recovery of sight to the blind and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. He said the right things. He talked about love and he talked about forgiveness and he talked about everything that we needed to do to live this life and we ought to follow it. He even talked all the way to the grave. All right. When they were beating him, yes. he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He told the, the, the thief that was with him on the cross that you'll wake up in paradise tomorrow with me. He was talking the right things. And then when he died and rose again from the dead and came back on the third day, uh, he, he told them the right things and he told them to go out. And, and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. Right. And he said that he will be with you always, lo, until the end of the earth. He said the right things. And because he said the right things, we ought to say the right things. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook.